Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. We are getting into what every episode needs, a bottle episode. There's a bottle episode in like five different places. So it's it's not... numerous bottles that are all in one big bottle together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a... Uh... This... Oh, man. It's a weird episode. It's an episode that is setting up things it's, that it is it's a it big, doesn't want to it's a big setup episode it's everything about this is setting up it's it's giving people it's not it's not a bad idea it's giving us time where the like plot of oh what's percival doing can kind of be set aside so we can get some character stuff and some of it's cool some of it is not <laughs> yeah 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 but, but like, there, I, I'll I'll give you this: the the non super power things. At least a couple of them are getting more engaging. A lot of them are hitting the good old Riverdale. You just skirted the edge of the target. Yeah, you, almost there, and they could still do things to make it hit there. Yeah, they could come back to it. Yeah, but they won't. It'll be like the quarantine. <laughs> yeah, I assume. <laughs> yeah. Look, here's the thing with Riverdale that I realized as I was driving over here to record. Yeah. I think they've gotten to a place, and I said this last week, where they have broken their audience. There are so many things that happen on the show where I'm like, well, that's dumb and stupid and doesn't make sense. And then I'm like, but it's supposed to be dumb and stupid and doesn't make sense. Well. Because there's mind control. Yeah, man, it's it's something that's hard to, to explain because I do like things that are cheesy and weird. Oh, uh, they recently released they just in general, the, <laughs> the world. Um the Mystery Incorporated Welcome to Coolsville show. Oh. Is, it's a fan-made uh, Riverdale-style Scooby-Doo. Oh. Yeah, which we might want to watch at some point if there's, like, a break comes up. Which is another thing about Riverdale. We don't know how many episodes there are this season. Yeah, who knows? Like, the number that they ordered has not been released. Yeah, so it's going to go until it's done. <laughs> so we know that there's at least four more. That's what, yeah. what's on Netflix right now. And there's a season seven. Yeah. Man. So will we have a break? Who knows? Yeah. But no, I think we could uh, watch the... I think the, that'd be fun. Yeah. And it, it's fan made. It looks like it, it is going into the overheightened thing, but it... I'm what we'll set it as a part is how self serious it is. Yeah. How yeah. how meta are we getting here? Yeah. Are we having fun or are we artists? <laughs> you can be both, but yeah. But anyway, yeah, that apparently just popped up as a it's a hour long. It's on uh, YouTube. Mm. So. so yeah, we'll uh, maybe maybe we'll maybe we'll check on that when we get a chance. But we're not checking on that. We got another thing to check on, and that is Riverdale season six episode twelve, the fog. I almost made a fog cast joke, and then I realized I couldn't because it's the title of the episode. It's called the fog. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's it's bad weather. Also, the apocalypse is coming. Can't stress enough. The apocalypse is coming. It is the apocalypse. And I, we go right into a meeting that the uh, now it's now it's the four of them, except for of course the fourth one is not Veronica, it's Tabitha. And I will say, as we like cut to this and we saw her from behind, I was like, oh, this is like when they were making the town. And then I was like, nope, <laughs> oh, that's no, Tabitha. That was Tabitha now. They Tabitha's the new Veronica. Fully replaced Veronica. Better Veronica. <laughs> now, this made me think because we begin and Betty's wearing her glasses and she takes them off. And I'm actually very curious now. I wonder if it's a director choice or an actor choice to have her take off her glasses at every opportunity. She literally only wears them at the beginning of scenes. And then she takes them off. To remind you. If if I was an actor, I would keep the glasses on and I would act through the glasses. Yeah. Because and that Lily Reinhardt is a good actor. She can do it. Yeah. And like it gives you different things to do. So I don't know. It could be a director choice, could be an actor choice, but it is a definitely a distinct choice. To have the glasses on and then take them off immediately. And it is the worst choice yeah. they could make. Just keep your glasses on. Make it ever present. Make it an actual detriment to your life. I know you're the only one who really has a flaw. Yeah. Well, actually, <laughs> we do learn that Jughead's... Very sad that he can't hear burgers <laughs> cooking. Yeah. Uh, 
So And Archie can't be near people who have Palladium, but apparently Palladium is now rare. Uh, I think it was rare before. That was the entire point of it. But then why is there so much of it in Riverdale? It was Archie under was Riverdale. just trying to give it away. They had a mind. Because well, Archie has no understanding <laughs> of, like, wealth. There's like, oh, you found the Palladium. I guess you can have it. He's like, this is like a couple thousand dollars. Like, yeah. Is it one for, like, the repair of your house that just got blown up? No, it's going to be fixed oddly quickly. I don't know, man. If I found, like, a stack of it, like... $2,000 in somebody's, which is essentially what the Palladium yeah. find that is. And he was like, no, I keep it. I'm like, this is a trick. <laughs> this is drug money. It's fully a trick. So they, they're they talking about this whole council problem with that. And so their plan is they, they want to do a coup. Yeah. So they're going to get people, yeah. a.k.a. their friends. Yeah. The entire town, their seven friends. Yeah, including Cheryl, who I guess didn't secede, secede from town in this timeline. She just said she would and then didn't. And also, Kevin, because they think he's not fully under Percival's spell. I cannot stress this enough. It doesn't matter if he has not totally gone over to the dark side. He's working with a mind control man who you don't fully understand his powers. Maybe if he works on someone enough, he can just fully control them. Exactly. Kevin could seem like he's on your side, but he's not. But it's... Mind control. Well, because that's what I assume was happening with Alice. Because these idiots are having this meeting in Alice's house. You know, it... <laughs> Just go next door. Yes. It blows my mind there's, that Betty still lives there. There's no reason that they should be having this meeting in a house where they know Alice could be around when two meters away is, is a Arch- house she won't be in. Now, I understand Frank might be there. Yeah. But you know where else they could go? The house where two of these characters live. Tabitha and Jughead. They could go anywhere. Tabitha and Jughead live together. Now, obviously, Alice overhears because we see, like, we pan to the door and the hand closes. It's ajar. And now she immediately snitches on them to Percival. And Percival's like, hmm, that's pretty inconvenient. The problem is if she's not permanently mind-controlled, then... She's she's really terrible. This is known. <laughs> this Alice is acting post- incredibly in character. She was, but she was supposed to be better. That was like the point of seasons and seasons. But she's not. It's I know a lie. She's not. Riverdale, you're lying to us. Alice <laughs> never gets better. But that was the entire point of that whole season. With I know the, the dumb cult. next to normal thing too was also supposed to be making her better. Because well, the cult was supposed to be like, oh, and it re- actually reveals in the end she's doing it all for Polly and not weird cult woman. Now, what their plan is, her and Percival. This is, is Alice's plan. Yes. Is, hey, the weather girl keeps saying a big old fog is coming in. So why don't we use the fog to stop them from being able to have their meeting? And I'm just like, so you're going to do something in the fog? You're going to do you're going to do some weird stuff? Um no, they're just going to do what they probably should have done even if there isn't a weird trick, which is this okay, this fog is actually a real bad fog. It knocks out the power to the town. Which I didn't know that fog could do. I don't know if it could either, but it does. the point is that it does do that. It's like the fog in The Fog. It's Well, she describes, it's like the great fog of 1922. There's a lot of weird stuff said about this fog, like it's pseudo-paranormal, but it yeah. is just a fog. Hold your family close. And the it, fog is coming. Yeah. Now... If, except for all the fear mongering from her, you know, uh, state-run media. Yes. It is probably worthwhile if you figure this fog might be like the fog that knocked out all the power to the town. Might declare a state of emergency. That, yeah. hey, be careful. A fog so thick you can get lost in a parking lot is coming in. It doesn't have to be evil. <laughs> you should do this. And if you were good town counselors, you would. But they're not. Yeah, and, you, I mean, you shouldn't end your weird broadcast where, why is she doing the weather? She even said... There's a weather there's girl. There's a weather girl. But I think she said the weather girl's out sick. Right. Um, the, so, <laughs> so she can hop on and be like, hold your okay. families close. The fog is coming. So what she does, though, is she says the council, 
is setting a curfew. Yeah. She does not say a time that the curfew starts. Yeah. And literally not a single character, including Tabitha and Jughead, who listen to this broadcast, (laughs) seem aware of the curfew or care about it. Everyone constantly is trying to leave until they're like, but there's so much fog out there. What a surprise. Like, it feels like you didn't have to do this broadcast. Everyone looks out their window and sees Oh, damn, the fog. That's so much fog. just do it anyways. This is a weird, evil thing they decided to do. It's like the clumsiest exposition that ever expositioned. So everyone immediately leaves Pops. The casino is empty because of the fog. And Veronica's like, I don't understand why there's no one here. And she's the first character who will not be aware of the curfew. Not be aware of the curfew or the fog. (laughs) And then we cut to Betty, like, checking days off. It doesn't... I didn't get what she was doing until later. Oh, I didn't get it until right now when you said it. (laughs) (laughs) She's checking off days, perhaps because she's trying to time something or clock something or figure out Hmm. something that's happening. But the most important thing that will not be picked up on in this episode is that another woman has escaped from the trash bag killer. And Betty's like, Gotta talk to that woman. Bring her here. Betty, no, Betty, you go to her. Yeah, but she's traumatized. She's clearly not in Riverdale, so you go to her. Don't ask her to travel to you. Yeah, Betty, would you You're an FBI agent. (laughs) Go places. Go places. Be an FBI agent. I gotta check in on Tony and Kevin. Oh, we're gonna get every character, by the way. Every single character. Everyone's in here. So Tony invites Kevin to come to dinner at her house with her and Fang. So Before they can, the meeting that, that Kevin was going to go to. He's like, I guess I have to. <laughs> you don't have to go, Kevin. I mean, he feels like he would be going as a spy for Percival, right? Because mind control. He doesn't seem very mind controlled this episode. It's hard to tell because his mind control is pretty flimsy. <laughs> um. So, yes, they're going to have dinner before the meeting because she and Fangs would like to you know, discuss like adults this custody thing. Yeah. Which is something they should have discussed months ago when she had the baby. Well, but I, I mean, think the show forgot Kevin was a father. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, at the time when they had the baby. Oh, Kevin was leaving. Yeah, well, no, I think he, no, the baby was, no, the baby was before. He left before the baby was born. Did he? No, not leaving Fangs, leaving Riverdale. Oh, Riverdale, yes. No, I, I just meant in general when yeah, he, he just, already left Fangs. When he just fully just pulled the ripcord on the entire family situation. Uh, um, and he's like, "Look, I'm not trying to be a dink, but like, gotta be. I gotta. You're gang members. <laughs> you insist on being in a gang. You turn something that wasn't a gang into a gang. Um, and then, but Tony's like, well. That doesn't mean you're, like, a better... Do I have to remind you of your problematic situation with your obsession with cruising? Which... Fair. Fair. Um, (laughs) I will argue the show has not shown him cruising for a very long time. It's not since last season, yeah. But he wasn't cruising then. A man was hitting on him in a sauna. No, the sauna was beforehand... No, the sauna was last season. Yeah. You know, you know, we agreed that guy was being very, very flirty until yeah. he... I think that man was out looking for gay men and to the, beat and up. And then he panicked when... Or, or yeah, I, I thought he was out oh. looking for a hookup, and then he panicked when he got when he got one. was like, no, no, I'm not gay. Like, you know. Anyway, Kevin has... We know that Kevin wants to be promiscuous. We yeah. know that he had his concerns with being a husky as a teenager. Yeah. Which made him... Like a, like when people give him attention. And so, yeah, he could certainly use some therapy for that. But yeah. he has not been actively putting himself in harmful situations that the show has shown us. Yeah. And even when they show us flashbacks of him cruising. From very long ago. Yes. So, <laughs> nice try, show. I'm yeah, on yeah. to you. <laughs> uh, and then it's something where I've been questioning it for a while. Penelope has returned. Because I guess when Cheryl did her whole song at her... In the musical episode, that was her kicking her full on out of the country. And she did leave the country and she wandered the world until she found the Himalayas. Yeah, she's dressed as a nun because she found the original convent of the Sisters of Quiet Mercy because Riverdale works a whole lot like Star Wars where everything can only be things you already know. Yep, even though I was pretty sure the Sisters of Quiet Mercy were fake nuns. Yeah, that was, but only but only the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. The other Sisters of Quiet Mercy, they were fine. The Riverdale version. Fake of, nuns. They were fake nuns. Also, it feels like she was just gone for like a couple months. 
which is insane to go to like the Himalayas and have. I mean, I guess it can happen. Yeah, I, I don't know how quick. I mean, I feel like you have to be like a nun apprentice. I know that's not what it's called. Don't come at me. <laughs> Hostel, I don't know. For like a year at least before know. you get to journey back to your home and start making amends. Yeah, no, she says like they're going to let me join. Well, what she says is they're going to let me join their convent and I get one weekend to do unfinished business. I'm like, you're you're flying in from the Himalayas and you get one week, one weekend in travel time, right? These sisters of quiet mercy have a lot of money. Yeah. So, um Or but- Cheryl's going to get hit with an unexpected bill. <laughs> well, what Cheryl does get hit with is an unexpected I have a gift for you. Also, we should clarify, Cheryl's very hostile to Penelope. Yeah. Cheryl is certain this is a trick, as was I. I didn't think about this enough to care <laughs> um while this is going on because we don't really care about this a lot yeah tabitha and jughead are still getting the diner ready for the meeting yeah because they're not gonna they don't care about the curfew yeah well because he said there's a curfew then they give it time so they're like i guess the curfew's whenever we want there to be a curfew she's just a state of emergency yeah uh and they take some time what I thought for a while was just trying to head off any nitpicking that people could do. It's <laughs> um, like, so, time travel. Why don't you go back and stop, like, the bomb from exploding? And Tabitha's like, oh, I tried. Bomb's a fixed point in fixed time. Fixed point. Remember how I told you about fixed points? Yep. Definitely a fixed point. Yep. That, that is definitely a uh, convention we will use to explain why I don't do anything with my time travel abilities. And the Jughead's like, oh, got it. Maybe I could just not be in the garage. <laughs> I really like, want to hear again. Like, oh man, it's it's rough. There's uh the there's ripple danger- effects and the- it's real dangerous and <laughs> there's there's wolves. Like Tabitha, you read one textbook. <laughs> <laughs> I understand you I understand you are a time traveler now, but you read one textbook on the th- it's almost as if you're doing a lot of weird experimenting, yeah. which feels like we get some butterfly effect um, stuff going on. But it seems I mean, I'm just going to spoil this now. She is doing a lot of weird experimenting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think she's as much an expert as she was herself out to be. Being like, oh, I'll just do weird stuff. I would. I think at this point you can say, like, Jughead, you're a fixed point, too. Your powers have clearly been useful. Yeah. Now, uh, the fog rolls in. We get a dramatic view of the foggy Riverdale sign. And then we get a sequence of people just, like, trying to go places. Yep. So um, Betty tries to leave her house. And again, it's jarring to me that she even lives there. Yep. And there's just someone standing in the fog. And I was curious if he had a bad aura or not. Well, she didn't look. She She stared at him. Yeah. I feel like if I had the power to see if somebody was going to hurt someone and I saw someone in the fog, I would check to see if they have the aura. And if they don't, just be like, okay. Well, Kevin, very clearly, Betty does not want to have to wear her sunglasses ever, she, so she will not use her power. Oh, man. So she goes she goes right from there around back to Archie's house, because once again, they're very close. Now, Archie does get a phone call from Tabitha being like, no, seriously, there's fog. We got to postpone this <laughs> yeah, meeting. No, I mean, once again, everybody's planning on going to this meeting until they see the fog. The, the <laughs> announcement did nothing. Now, Betty is worried because she's like, hey, there's someone out there. And Archie's like, well, I'll go beat him up. Betty's like, he could have palladium. Well, no, excuse me. See, that's very rational. Yes. Because we know the trash bag killer actually does know Archie's weakness. Exactly. And if she thinks this is the trash bag killer, they could have palladium. Like, at this point, two people know that palladium is his weakness. Trash bag killer and Percival, both people who'd be very interested in messing them up. Accurate. Mm-hmm. So instead of going outside, they have some so, sexy time. Sex. And then they decide, now is the time to define the relationship. <laughs> well, the fog's around. Now Betty says it's a good it's good that we're defining a relationship because remember when I was ticking days off of a big old <laughs> big old cat like desk calendar yeah, giant calendar big big was, date she was numbers even on her phone and on the calendar uh, it's because she's late she's two weeks late and she's never, never late two weeks late and so then they have a little bit of a fun little talk where I just like but we were safe well except for I think they're referring to the explosion time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but we're safe. Well, I guess except for the time there was an explosion and they blew the condom off. And I'm just oh. or sorry, go ahead. No, 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 that that's I no, you continue. I was gonna say maybe this is an opportunity for our young listeners for you to know that uh no form of birth control is a hundred percent. Yeah. And that's okay. A lot of them are very, very good. Aaron, I now I need to hear from you as a woman. Yes. Um 
Betty says, Archie's like, are you on birth control? He's like, no, I went off birth control when TBK had me in a pit for two weeks, and then I never went back on it. That was a year ago. Yeah, that is wild. Um, for someone who, who, for someone who clearly doesn't seem like she wanted to get off birth control, because what would happen is her period would come at like close to its normal time. Mm-hmm. It might be a little weird. It, it would be weird if you didn't have your hormones coming in for two weeks when you're expected. Yeah. But then she would still have her prescription. Her prescription does not disappear when she's in a pit. It, it, and so then when her she if you wanted to get back on birth control, you just start taking it again on the first day of your period. Yeah. And then it's not good for a month. It's weird to me that she doesn't clarify like, oh, I decided not to go on it. She just says, I just never went back onto it. Like weren't you in a relationship with Glenn during that time as well. True. I guess it was just ver- a very sex-free relationship. Well, and I know she was traumatized. So I can understand yeah. how it would like take a while to be like, okay, I have to take it on the first day. Just, just came back. It was just normalcy. But like, she, she it, does not appear to have any of the trauma that she had last season. It fe- it feels like it just it just my, my thing is that also that was like a year or more yeah, ago. Yeah, she, she's had time to get better. And, and it's look, our school year. Ladies, you gotta. I don't know. It, it sucks, but we have to be responsible for our own yeah, bodies I, and reproductive systems. I just thought it was funny the way they put that out. Well, there. it's also very wild that in the year 2027, she's taking a pill and is not on an IUD. Like as as an FBI agent, you'd yeah. be traveling a lot and having an inconsistent schedule. Yeah. You one would think you would prioritize a birth control method where you. Don't have to take a pill at the same time every day. Especially if she, as she seems to be in this, she is interested in birth control. She's not off it for any reason where she's like, I didn't want to take it anymore. Now, uh, we go from there, as we're talking about, like, a pregnancy, to uh, just Tabitha and Jughead just kind of, like, hanging out. Yeah. Tabitha calls Pops to let him know everything is fine. And then Jughead, like, reads her mind for a moment there. By accident. I, I have to point out, like... He doesn't know when people are talking. So I I I assume that he doesn't read minds on purpose. He can shut it off, but for the most time, you kind of got to be open. Yeah, he's got to keep his talk. ear out there. And especially if she gets off the phone. Yeah. He might think like, "Oh, maybe she's going to say something to yeah. me when she gets off the phone. I should open my so it's a little ears thing. up." I think this is more nitpicking stuff for people who were just like, "Isn't it weird that he reads the mind of his Well, and he does he does it by accident and she gets quite upset. Yeah. And I did think this was dumb until the end of the episode. And then Where I was like, okay, I forgive upset. you. He, she's specifically upset he heard what she said, which is, oh, what am I going to do if he dies? And he's like, well, Pops will be fine. Pops going to live forever. And she's like, Jughead, we had a conversation. You can't just listen to my thoughts. And he's like, I always have to listen to your thoughts. That's how we talk. Sometimes it's hard, Tabitha. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the first time he heard it, he didn't do it on purpose. Anyway, uh, then their power goes out. Their power goes out. We got a lot of things for power. We'll just be knocking down these. Uh, we head back to Archie and Betty, where they've moved from the from the sex, the pregnancy talk, to the oh so sensual conversation of what happened with TBK. And again, I was like a little nitpicky about this because I was like, really, Archie? You haven't talked to her about this? And I was like, oh no. Betty was not talking to anyone. Yeah, no, it's fine. he is catching. He is cashing in on her vulnerable moment. Yeah. So we learned that Betty was in the well for two weeks, and then TBK did the Hal Cooper thing, which is, I believe we are kindred spirit. Why is everyone looking at Betty and thinking, you must be a serial killer? Because she is, does not. Now, now, to be fair, I actually firmly believe this is TBK does this to every single person he captures. Oh, every yeah. single woman he captures, he's like, I think we're kindred spirit, because he's a crazy serial yeah, killer. Yeah, and then they, I would assume, refuse to do it. Okay. And so he kills them, or they do it, and then he kills them anyway because he's a crazy killer. Talk about what he asked them to do. So he he brings them to a dead body. Yeah, this is a dead body of a man. And he's like, I want I want you to prove her kindred spirits. Dismember the body. Now, and then I'll let you go. Now, I have to be absolutely clear to everybody. I mean, I'd do that. Like, Yeah, it's look, a dead body. Look, He's I, already dead. I understand it would be traumatizing to dismember a body, but they're treating like, oh, she was willing to dismember Oh, her darkness. I work at a hospital. That's I the thing. Every single day I meet people who disarticulate dead bodies. That is the job that they do 
every single day and they are not serial killers or people who are sociopaths or like dark evil people that is their job and i understand they couldn't go there by having him alive because how do you get your character back from that yeah but like i'm sorry if this was real if here's the, the if, body would be alive if it was more mutilation and less like Dismember him. Like, it's just, it's hilarious that he thinks that makes him kindred. And I think Betty also thinks, she works in the FBI. She knows people who work in them. That's what Curdle Jr. does. Yeah, but Kevin, for <laughs> Betty's entire life, at least for the past 10 years, literally every bad guy she meets yeah. tells her that she's bad and dark. <laughs> and some of the good guys, too. Now, I know I want to be very clear to you. Obviously, if you've never, like, disarticulated or dismembered a dead body, it will be traumatizing. But they're not focusing on that being the traumatizing part. They're focusing, like, her taking part of a dead body. They're focusing on the fact that she was willing to do it. This show is so dumb. Yeah. A thing that is a job you can apply for on LinkedIn. That's, like, a prestigious job that people want. It's in their chosen career field. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of them. I have seen a lot of dismembered bodies. So Archie needs to make this situation better. Yeah. And he decides the way to do it, which is a way that will work, is to monologue about how much he loves Riverdale. But he doesn't just love Riverdale. Riverdale is a good city. No, it's not. Where he wants to raise a family. This is where I want to go with this whole where I... think might be an interesting story to go with. They always talk about the soul of Riverdale, the soul of Riverdale. And I think would be really curious and will be a nice thing for someone like Percival to do is his side is no, Riverdale is corrupt. The soul of Riverdale has always been corrupt. Mm -hmm. You are trying to bring goodness out of a corrupt town versus Archie. who's like, no, Riverdale is good and people are bringing corrupt things into into Riverdale. And that would be like a cool not debate, but like between these two people who intrinsically believe the soul of Riverdale is good, the soul of Riverdale is bad. I mean, it could, you could even be like, I understand that Riverdale came from a very bad place. But, but it's we, become something good. Yeah. And like, and then, then obviously on Percival's side, he's like, no, because it was born out of the slaughter of the Uctena mm. and the blossoms of the founding father doing all those things, it is irreparably dark and everything you're doing is against its nature. Like that would be an interesting thing. The problem is this show seems determined at every turn to tell us that Riverdale is secretly bad and can only be secretly bad. (laughs) Yeah. Like for a show that's very like it's characters hinge on the belief. We need to save the role, the soul of Riverdale. They are constantly being like, yeah, the, the terrible corrupt, horrible soul of Riverdale. And the show sort of needed to be a thing where Riverdale was once the ideal town, but I cannot find a time in its history where it would have been. Especially since Percival's entire thing is progress. Mm -hmm. Like, if the, uh, like, if Archie wants, like, the town got better, he should be about, we need to push forward from a dark past to make things better. But instead, Percival's like this weird thing. He's like, we need to progress forward into the dark future <laughs> because the soul of Riverdale needs to be corrupted. It's like this. It's so confused thematically. And this is a way better plot for the first season of a show. Yeah. That is not this show. <laughs> this is not a sixth season plot, Riverdale. All right, I got to check in some more characters. Now, Reggie has cleaned out his locker because I I, I guess him and Veronica are just done. He also doesn't own any of the casino, even though he does own half the casino. It's shocking that Veronica would steal a business from someone she's yeah. in a relationship with. But he sees Veronica. And Who afford- is... Veronica is playing cards and drinking by herself in her casino. Because she had a, she's going to close up before her meeting. Meeting? Which, I mean, it was the meeting that she was going to go to at, uh, yeah. at, at Pops. But then I think she's already accepted the fog, is it? But Art, but Reggie's like, no, nah, I'm going to go home. He's, and she's like, no, have a drink with me. He's like, can't have a drink. I can't drink and drive in fog. I mean, let's be clear. Veronica... I think this is like, this feels really soon because I how the beginning begins with them being like, 
oh, Percival and is on his, we have to stop him. This yeah. is like a couple days after the last episode. So for her to change her <laughs> mind about breaking up with Reggie is wild. Yeah, so she seduces him again, which is fine because, like, it feels like this is, like, a sexual thing right now. Yeah. She, and she's a little drunk. Like, yeah. she's drinking by herself. She wants to play strip poker. Yeah, so you weirdos in your weird relationship, sure. And, and then I, the power goes out. the power goes out, so, you know, they have to stay. Now, uh, Jughead is going to get up the generator to try to get pops, because I guess it's going to be a... We learn later the reason why is so it can be a beacon in the night for anyone lost on the foggy road, and then the fog ends. But <laughs> but uh, he's got to go out to his car to siphon gas for the generator. And oh, my God, Tate's keep gas in your generator. Why does he say siphon from his car? There is a gas station. Like, they are a gas station. Maybe the pumps are working because of electricity. Yeah, impossible to say. Yeah. He is going, he needs even, tubes. Even, and he even is gonna though siphon, they have gas. old pumps. <laughs> yeah. Which I feel like aren't run on electricity. But he is going to head outside. And it is spooky outside. And, and I can't stress enough. He is deaf. And Tabitha is afraid, as she should be. Tabitha, Tabitha, I'm going to be honest. Why don't you go outside? Yeah, you can hear the danger you, coming. You can, yeah. I understand that his power is mind reading, so maybe he can hear. If, yeah, maybe like, he's just going to keep the, it completely open while he's out there. I don't know. <laughs> but it just feels... We cut back to the strip poker with Veronica and Reggie. And it, it escalated quickly. They were they're, definitely just losing on purpose because yeah, they got no clothes left. They're both on their underwear. And then uh, Reggie kiss. lose. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So then, they're really holding on to this breakup for a while, huh? Although but amazingly. Then, then we finally get some good stuff going on. <laughs> so I, I am going to say right now, I love Reggie in this episode. Reg- Reggie constantly pulling out the MVP character of the episode, most valuable character, MVC. It's Veronica is obnoxious and annoying and, and not what this show thinks and she he's is. Weirdly mature and like he's like, Yeah, let's you know, we can have sex, we can, you know, we can kiss, that's fine, because we're grown adults. Yeah. Um, however, over your shoulder, I can see that painting of your father that you insisted on hanging up over my desk, yep. staring at us. Yep. He looks at the face like, hey, how about we go to the champagne suite? Oh, when we see the champagne suite, by the way, it is the only hotel room they have access, which I feel is just a set they have. Yeah. And so they just redid it. Because yep. it's the same setup. It's the same thing where like the door opens into the bedroom. Yep. I, it's hilarious. It's great. Good, good use of sets. I think most people probably would have noticed that, so... I'm very cued into that. So they do, in fact, have their sex, mm-hmm. and they're going to have some more drinks in their robes. Veronica's like, hey, I think we were hasty. And then Reggie's like, no, you broke up with me. And then she's like, well, you shouldn't have stolen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to admit, I do think for some parts of this, she is supposed to be portrayed as unreasonable. I hope so. Because the amount of times they're like, like, what is this? And Reggie's like, hey, shut up. Yeah, so she's like, well, you shouldn't have stolen the slot machines. And he's like, okay, we're not having that conversation. (laughs) Well, I mean, uh, I just think we're a good match. Let's start over. Because it's been like a couple days. So yeah, start over. Reggie's like, Sure, but here's the thing. That the you thing gotta, I just said about the painting, you gotta take you, it down. You gotta get rid of the painting. You gotta get rid of the paintings. It's just the painting. It's like no, no, because, no. It absolutely is not because consistently. And well, I do admit they don't do a good job of showing it. They have told us enough by now that I guess it's fine. He does have some real like consolation prize problems with Archie, mm-hmm. and now with the dad. Yeah, like and reasonable. Veronica does always treat him like he's a consolation prize. Well, she treats him like he's a business partner. She occasionally gets to kiss. Well, and not even a business partner. Oh, yeah. Partner. He treat, she treats him like he's a lackey. Yeah. Like, she treats him like he works for her. Mm-hmm. She occasionally gets to kiss. Now, when he does this, Veronica's like, well, I feel the same way. I don't want to be in Riverdale. I want to be in New York. I'm watching my father alive. Like, 
Veronica, I cannot stress enough how those are all consequences of your choices. You did kill a man. Reggie just wants you to, just wants to be with you without feeling his consolation prize. That's not a consequence of his choice. This is a consequence of his choice to want to be with you, but. Well, and then she makes it even worse because he does bring up the Archie thing. And she goes, look, I asked Archie to choose between Riverdale and me, and he picked Riverdale, so it doesn't matter if I love Archie, because I don't get to have Archie. Did, did he? I don't remember. Yeah, he didn't want to move to New York with her. Okay, I just remembered him kissing Betty and that being a whole weird thing they had going on. and Because she, she was trying to get him to the Naval Academy, which also no, isn't no, in Riverdale. Kevin, this, remember when they tried to date after she killed her husband? Oh, right. This was, that was last season. Yes. I was thinking way far back. No. Oh, this is a recent thing. This is a recent thing. It's a recent and thing. And so she goes on about how it doesn't matter if she wants Archie because she doesn't get to have him. And Reggie's just like, oh my God. God. All you had to say was, no, I do like you, Reggie. And you couldn't do that. Like, Look, <laughs> I cannot. Like, it, Re- it's amazing when he tries to express his emotions to her. So and just... she immediately makes it about herself. And then, like, oh my God, he does such a good job. Like, the. The maturity, the way he's written, I don't know who wrote these lines from, they're amazing. He's like, I I feel like we're recreating your parents' dynamic. It's like, I am not my mother. It's like, no, no, Veronica, you <laughs> stupid. The thing that has been going on for six years, you are your father. I'm your mother. And he's like, I'm kind of also my, my mother. No, no, he's his father. He is his father. Oh, yes. <laughs> he's her mother. Because his mother also always chose business over the dad. Which we know nothing about Reggie's mother, so. I guess that's something cool. we know. Um, but he's like, hey, it's always so hilarious whenever you get, like, this mature Reggie coming in. It's be like, you know, this might not work out. And then Veronica has Veronica to be weird and, like. You're right. I've always said we were a good match. And I think the reason we're a good match is because we're bad. We're bad people, Reggie. Like, Reggie's like, no, we're just bad for each other. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're just like, mm-hmm. I, this would be stronger if the cool, the, the idea was when they're together, it makes them both worse. Because they, they do love doing crimes and schemes. And it could be like, because Veronica's always worried or supposed to be worried about being the crime lord her father was. And, and Reggie sure does Reggie, bring out her worst instincts. I'm sure Reggie doesn't want to, maybe Reggie wants to be a good boy. So like, but when they're together, they do a lot of crime. It's true. So maybe that could be a thing that you could have leaned into rather than this weird, they have this weird vague thing where it's like, our relationship is toxic. I'm like, I'm not sure it is, honestly. It's, you're doing a lot of crime. You're doing a lot of crime, but, but you you two are not toxic. And they to each- do generally seem good together and like they uplift each other, except for Into when the crime. show makes Veronica this. Yeah. And like, it's fine if they both want to be together and do crime. That's a interesting sh- like character premise in the show. But the show doesn't want Veronica to be bad. Even though they constantly do it every other episode. Oh, she's, she's going to be bad now. Anyway, he's like, I'm out. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> he's just going to go into the fog. Yeah, it's unfortunate that he's probably going to go off and do more stuff with the mafia, which will go against the idea that when they're together, that makes him do more it's crime. True. And but... Veronica is just going to spiral into aggressive crime, I assume. I mean, maybe. It's, or it's she's, weird. Or is this going to push her to team up with Percival? She... They would never do that. <laughs> No, because then, then she'd have to be in the other plot. Only secondary characters get to team up with Percival. So uh, we, have, we have to head off of this scene into Kevin, who it took me a long time to figure out what he was doing. Well, he's he's having flashes about remembering when he was cruising. Yeah. He's grading papers. Yes, he is. He's grading t- like a test. I'm like, oh, right. He's a teacher. he's a teacher. And now the fog is very bad. It is. So he stops grading. He's like, oh, shoot, I'm going to be late. But uh, but he's going to be super late because in comes the once a season hero. <laughs> it's our good old friend, Moose. Moose. Okay, call it right now. Is he going to be in the next episode? I hope so, but I, I think, think he's no. just going to disappear with no I warning. Think, I think no. Despite the fact that they, in this episode, they move him back to Riverdale. He is the new phys ed oh, teacher. He's the new PE teacher, who I think was Kevin. 
No. Kevin, because Kevin taught like four different things. Oh, yeah, that's fair. I thought one of them was PE. <laughs> it's funny how he's coming in now to be the PE teacher, not like earlier when they were hiring a bunch of teachers. Anyway, he's flowing in and out, but he's like, yo, it's foggy out there. How about we can wait for it to lift? Remember when I did fangs for a bit while you're in your open relationship because I was a trucker? <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. I forgot he was a trucker. That's why he, that's why he. That's why he knew Fangs. Yeah, for a, for a hot minute kind of dated Fangs. No, he didn't. He just no, slept with Fangs. No, they just hung out. They had uh, Brie and Cheese and. Right. Brie is Cheese. Yeah. Well, f- <laughs> speaking of Fangs, Fangs and Tony decide, well, Tony decides that we- they need to be on the same page with the future of the serpents. And then they will continue not to talk about the serpents. I really thought this was going to be a scene where they're going to where they were going to like fight about what they want the serpents to be. But like three lines into the scene, they'll be like, "Well, we can't agree on what we want the serpents well, to be." Another, they don't even talk about the serpents. They only talk about Baby Anthony. No, so they do talk about the serpents, sort of. So okay. they talk about Baby Anthony. You are yeah. correct. Fangs is like, "Well, I want him to be raised the way that we were. He's like to, a serpent. He needs to be able to fight." Because what happens if a ghoulie kills him? And Tony's like, the ghoulies are all dead. Yeah, there's like one ghoulie left. They were killed by... Which is why they don't have to be a gang. Yeah, this is the thing I cannot... That I really need to figure out. What does the serpents do? Do they they run drugs? Do they do extortion? What is it about them that needs them to be a gang? What crimes are they doing that makes them a gang and not just a group of people? Because the thing, like, with West Side Story, which is, like, an approachable into gangs, and I think what this show is thinking of when they think of gangs, (laughs) is West Side Story are kids, teenagers, who are just fighting for territory. They just want a place that they can hang out and not have the others there. And it almost worked when it was a vague we don't want them ghoulies here. But the ghoulies are dead. Yes. And now you don't have them anymore. So what do you do that makes you a gang and not just a club? Like, obviously, it's the way that the police will treat you. Yeah. And the fact that these serpents will probably pretty much always have to deal with the fact that even if they're like, we're the serpents club now. Like, but they're not doing gang activity. Like, we know the Toledo serpents ran a chop shop. Yeah. These serpents don't do that. Yeah. Like, we need to know. We need to know what the serpents are doing. Because right now, I do not know if they actually are a threatening gang that, oh, you can't raise a baby in this. And so, Fangs wants them to be a gang. And Tony's like, well, if we're, if he's going to be raised in a gang, he's always going to have trouble with cops. And then Fang says, yeah, but if he's going to be a political activist, he's also going to have troubles with cops. And, I, I, and then Tony goes, yeah, we can't decide on that. Well, I, I, I want to point out that I was going to be like, that is definitely different. And then Tony goes, that is definitely different. It's like, like it's, it's, it is distinctly different to be a political apt- activist or in a gang. So um, this spirals and yeah. it's dumb and then the power goes out. Yeah, that's pretty much all that is there. So uh, we have um, back to Kevin and Moose. Back to Kevin and Moose. It turns out that Moose got laid off from the trucking oh, company. Oh, we're going to start there? Yeah, okay. So When they shut down the, the Lonely, lonely highway. highway. Wait, you shut down a highway? I think they mean they shut down their operations down the highway, which is still weird because the, the truckers hi- weren't dying. And the hillbillies got arrested. I most, and murdered. I mostly think the truckers weren't the ones dying. And I can't imagine a company being like, oh boy, we're going to have to take a hit to our profits because some, some hillbillies were killing prostitutes people. on a highway. Do you know how many people get killed on highways and the truckers still go through there? Look, I'm not going to be here for a political statement, but there are like a series of major highways in British Columbia where indigenous women regularly go missing yeah. and no one follows up on it. But Aaron, and we're still using those highways. But Aaron, predominantly, this was a lot of white women. Uh, now, yes, <laughs> this is correct. Now, I want to point out this would have been a better story for the serpents. Is that Tony being like, like, like we're pulling all the serpents back, so no longer truckers. Instead, they lost their jobs and had to return to a life of crime because they don't have any skills, and it's hard out there for an ex-gang member. Boy, that would have been a cool story. Rather than, I mean, maybe the reason they they he got laid off was because that company lost eighty percent of its uh, <laughs> truckers, and they're like, we just can't keep. We don't have we're truckers. We're shuttering the company. Even when they laid them off, the company's gone because the lonely highway lost all its truckers. <laughs> because they decide to go back and be vague gang stuff. 
so Moose's dad has gotten out of jail, and Moose is trying to, like, teach him how to be in society again. Yeah. And Moose is, I'm just going to say, Moose is, like, Reggie. He's very, very good in this episode. Yeah. He makes sure to, like, define Kevin's relationship status, understand that he's single, know that he didn't get back together with Fangs. And then and they once, have sex. Yeah, once this is all clear... The, and then he asks. He does yeah. not kiss him without, like... Yeah. He's, he's like, hey, you want to pick up what we were doing? Remember back in the, the, the forest before my dad did the whole weird thing? He's like, yeah, okay. And so um, Kevin texts to say that he isn't coming. And this infuriates Fangs. Like, Fangs is going to storm out of the house into the fog, <laughs> despite the fact that they don't have any power, so they and, know the fog is bad, I mean, to beat Kevin up. And I think it's it's fine. It's, fine. it's Fangs, is a, Fangs is irrationally angry. Tony calms him down. We need a, This is all about setting up stuff, and the stuff now is that Fangs is incredibly disappointed and angry at Kevin because they have a previous relationship, and now the relationship now is bad. It just builds on, like, everything else in this episode, yeah. where no one is paying attention to the fog. <laughs> yeah. I like, <laughs> like no one go anywhere because of the fog. Now uh we we head back to a very weird scene where like Tabitha's on the radio and she hears what I thought were supposed to be portrayed as scary voices. Yeah, she hears one say out of the, out of the house, house under the bed. And she's very scared. And then out of nowhere she thinks of Jughead. So she runs. <laughs> she runs to find him. But he's fine. He's fine. And she's so angry at him that we're going outside to get the gas. He got a little turned around in the fog in the parking lot because it's real bad fog. But she's like, "Why? What made her think of him as well?" She just realized he's been gone for a while. I guess. I guess so. Anyway, so Kevin and Moose do indeed hook up. Yeah. And Kevin goes to wash up. But oh no, someone didn't close the doors and the windows at the school and so the fog is in the school. Fog in the halls and it's all Ooh. red because the emergency lights. And then he goes to the bathroom and in the mirror he sees the Gargoyle King. Ooh. Ooh. And then he wakes up because it was a dream. Um, I but there is still, and Moose is amazing. Oh, there is, yeah, Moose consoles him because he's just sitting across the room. <laughs> Uh, and there is still fog and this in the still school. that. I would have loved to see this trauma for the past three seasons. Maybe some of this could explain Kevin's actions <laughs> better than what they have explained to us before. This is a distinctly fun and interesting storyline for someone who had a very traumatic experience that we've ignored for three seasons because you wanted to do other nonsense. Either have him be a main character or don't. And, guys... Riverdale, this would explain better than the dumb made-up story you had why he likes to cruise and why he can't settle down. Maybe he finds the li- danger exciting now. Or, you know, he, he is afraid of tying emotions to sex because yeah. he had emotions with Moose and that got him almost murdered. Yeah. Although yeah. then why would he be with Fangs for seven years? It's fine. It's fine. I mean, you, you do with things until something, like, triggers it. They, I mean, they all went on Autopod for seven years. It's true. Uh. Cheryl has made some dinner. And she can't find her mother. Oh. Because no, Pen- oh. Penelope is just sort of in the room staring at Julia and such Abigail like, why is there a baby in a, what? What? <laughs> why does Julian have a long wig now? <laughs> like, there's so many questions and reasons why she might be weirded out by that. But Cheryl's like, this is why you're here. You uh, come to steal Julian. Did Abigail put you up to it? Did Percival put you up to it? And then she knocks her out with a damn candlestick. I thought this was going to be revealed to be a dream. It wasn't. <laughs> it she was does not. do it. Because then we just get Jughead starting up the generator. It doesn't matter. So Penelope waking up and she is hot. So remember last episode when Cheryl couldn't help Tabitha because she had to keep the house super cold because she couldn't control her powers? Now she can like very... Oh, she has full, full control of yeah, her powers Yeah, full control. Now. Yeah. She's just raising her mother's body heat until she murders her. Yeah. I want to put point out a quick uh, fun thing here where Cheryl's being like, there was once a time when you were the dragon and I was the maiden. But I love in this, even this turnaround, Cheryl could not resist herself by being like, but I'm still the maiden. I'm still a maiden. I'm still pretty. I'm still pretty. I'm a pretty dragon. I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty girl dragon. You don't get to be the maiden here. I'm the maiden. You're just another character who wasn't in the story before. Like, Cheryl. <laughs> Come on. Just for the metaphor. Switch it around. You understand the concept and the, the tropes of a maiden and a dragon, that one is scared and one is strong. 
So when you flip them, it's fine. You, it's fine. You can still be a pretty dragon. Let your mom be a maiden before she <laughs> dies. Um, but her mother stops Cheryl from killing her by revealing what the present is. Yes. So remember in the the dream cage world, mm-hmm. the whole thing about yeah. well, we Heather. Finally, we heard about a person from Cheryl's past who has literally never ever ever been mentioned. I before. thought she was actually just a, a a thing in the cage. Turns out Heather was real. She was her friend in ju- friend in junior high. And Heather did move away, and yeah. Penelope did catch them canoodling yeah. in Cheryl's bedroom. And she had been keeping all the letters and so she wants to return them uh, to like prove that, hey, I'm not terrible anymore. Here's the letters I've kept from you for 18 years. I have a question. Yeah. Why didn't those letters burn when Cheryl chaotically burned her house down? Because she kept them in Thistle House. Thistle House, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Everything can be explained by the fact that they have two houses oh and God. all the important stuff was kept in the other house. Thornhill was just for the people. Oh God. Well, why is Pen- Oh, no. What, was- it, what it should have been is that, that essentially Thornhill was her father's, was Clifford's place. And this house, house was Penelope's was place. Because that would make sense why. I mean, it wouldn't really make sense because Penelope's not magical. Rose is magical. Penelope's just. An unrelated. <sighs> anyway, normie. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. All right, so Tabitha spent some time broadcasting that we're just off the lonely highway, which I guess is still a highway. It hasn't been closed, <laughs> and it's a place for lost people to come which, to. Which just—it's it, actually very symbolic. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, just follow the light. It's fine. Which, which really is kind of ruined by the fact that like two scenes later once again the fog is just gone no one comes like isn't this an opportunity for pops to be bustling i guess our heroes can't get a win yeah uh so cheryl uh, reads the letters and cries while her mom brings her tea and i guess we can forget all the abuse yeah there's a i mean we've done this so many damn times by now i don't care anymore cheryl and penelope i just said cheryl being like every time you come in you're gaslighting me and it's like yes yeah so yes. St- stop letting her in cheryl well, oh, and not only not only that the amount like they've done they've gone they've done this so many times they've done so many times cheryl's angrier her mom then cheryl's nicer on the cheryl's angrier mom the Cheryl's, and i understand it's supposed to be like oh it's a complicated relationship like no it's just doing the same story over and times. it's because they don't know what to do with cheryl because she's not a part of the show she's on her own show because no, she, she gets to do her cool whatever stuff in her weird old big house and then yeah because we got penelope being like i think i recognize something in you that i hated in myself i'm like no the last time you told us because you never really wanted to be part of this family you were essentially groomed to marry into the family, and that's why you hated all of them. And then another time you told us it was because no one was nice enough to you after your sudden husband died. Like, the, this isn't a big revelation of, like, why do you hate me? We've had at least four different Reasons. explanations to why she hates you. And I think this is implying that Penelope might be gay. I don't know, and oh. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about Penelope. I just wanted to know if she was alive or dead. Well, we don't need to care about her because the fog <laughs> is gone. gone. No, none of that weird stuff with the fog. None of the weird voices on the radio or the find the light and come or to me. The ins, the fog inside the high school. The creepy man standing outside uh, Betty's house. The fog is gone now. And with it brought clarity. For instance, Kevin spent the, na- the night with a normal human who doesn't live in Riverdale. And he was like, hey, you know what? I think I wanted, I think we should discuss joint custody. And but- Fang's like, F you, you suck. <laughs> you suck, suck, suck. Man, Tony's going to be pissed at Fang. <laughs> so mad. Oh my God, she's going to be so angry. <laughs> I hate you. Yeah. You don't know what responsibilities are. Yeah, a like, like, don't, don't get me wrong. This is great because this is exactly what it goes towards. But it's so hilarious because the talk last night was Tony be like, Fangs, calm the hell down. And he's like, no, <laughs> I'm taking the full baby. At one point during this, he's like, someone who works with Percival can't possibly be a good dad. 
<laughs> you can't even see the Percival's bad. I'm like, okay, I guess Fangs doesn't know that he yeah. can mind control. Someone needs to tell Tony that he can mind control. Someone needs to, needs to inform more of the town that he has the power of mind control. They can very easily do it by demonstrating the other powers. <laughs> I guess just Jugheads. That's the only one you can demonstrate. I mean, no, you can, no, Archies. You can demonstrate Archies. They've already seen Archies. Yeah, no, but they, they, but they, they remember they had a really carefully. Oh, that's right. And they, they actually did a good job at it. Yeah, no, they just, just swing a knife at his face. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's a little bit safer than that. Now, uh, Veronica is just looking up at a, the portrait of Hiram and I guess she's going to take it down. Cool, okay, I don't growth, care. Whatever. This, once again, it, this, that was like a couple episodes ago. And now we find out what was actually happening in the fog. So welcome to Riverdale Today, the morning show that Alice does because she's the only one who works at that station. And she introduces everyone to Riverdale's new mayor. (laughs) (laughs) So Jughead explains to us in a voiceover what happened because there's no way Alice could say these lines sensibly. Uh, The... So the Council of Four met, of course, minus Tabitha. Of course. Of course. And dissolved themselves and made one of them mayor. You're telling me in this- Tell me your town charter did not accommodate for this? Well, of course not, because all that happened was Archie stood in a room and said, we're going to have a Council of Four. But they very clearly did it this way because the town would never accept another mayor. And I understand they're being mind-controlled people. I get it. No, but the problem is, is they set it up so much like he's not mind-controlling people. Like, they do this whole thing where, like, that's the reason why he has all these, like, soapboxes and things that he needs to be in charge. But, like, he has to have mind-controlled this. So, um... The council did this, and then they got enough signatures from random people in town to ratify what the council did. He has to have mind-controlled the people who signed. I agree. He definitely had to mind-control the people who signed. The problem is when we see Jughead and, and like, Tabitha and all of them, they're all like, how could this happen? I'm like, whoa, what do you mean? He has mind-control powers, you weird people. (laughs) To be fair to them, and they don't deserve this fairness, the fog was very bad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no one could go anywhere. So how did he do it? Like physically, how did he do it? <laughs> well, well, obviously because they met before the fog came in. Yes. <laughs> also, they did it without Tabitha. They could shoot. Like I, I know, the, I know we made a lot of jokes that the that with Council of Four, you should be able to like outweigh. But like, one. it needs to be. That's the type of thing that needs to be unanimous. Yeah. To it make, has to, to be make unanimous. One of you, because that means. If it all needs that, you just need one person to convince two others, hey, I should be in charge. Like, <laughs> again, like I said earlier in this episode. This has the worst government. This is dumb and it doesn't make sense. But I guess I have to forgive it because it's supposed to be dumb and not make sense. All right. So Jughead's pretty bummed because they can't do their coup anymore. I'm like, no, you can definitely still do your coup. The, just, mayor, the mayor was just the one who said, I'm the mayor now. Yeah, I feel like they could just go down to the town hall and be like, yeah, I'm we're in now. charge of this town. I'm the mayor now. I'm the mayor now. <laughs> it's just Spartacus. Yeah. So Tabitha reveals, because, you know, Jack gets very uh, upset. Tabitha decides this is the time to reveal. So remember the whole stopping the bomb thing? So um, I actually could do that. But when I stopped the bomb, you he, guys didn't get your powers. Well, she only says Jughead didn't get his, his um, mind reading. And I have to imagine the rest is just unsaid. And so Percival... One every single time. Cause I, cause wait, cause the, the, here's what confuses me. He's not related to the bomb exploding. Apparently not. Oh no! The bomb exploding is what made the universes split and then get put back together, which is why Percival's here. Unless if he's not. And which... also, she shouldn't be able to change the bomb exploding because the bomb is what made the universes split and oh. made it possible for there to be magic in this world. Honestly, here's the thing. I, I fully believed that the bomb was a thing that couldn't change because the bomb is what gave her her powers. So you can't change the thing that gave you your powers. The bomb didn't give her her powers. Oh, Being right. shot gave her her oh, powers. Oh, right. Because her and But she did change Cheryl, that. No, her and Cheryl have different... I mean, the thing is, that's the problem with my with time travel is like it gets real she funky. she did change getting shot. She threw a can of tomatoes at him. And then he didn't shoot her. Yeah, I th- uh, here's what I'm gonna if 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 I may uh, give them an out. Yes, uh, Riverdale, her timeline is fixed. Her right, she's gonna get powers no matter what. No matter what, her timeline she can change the timeline around her, but she is a fixed point now because she is chronokinetic. That makes sense. So she can she she could 
get rid of the bomb and she would still have her powers. Right. Because yes. she's a fixed point. But the bomb should have been what caused Percival to appear. Because the bomb is what made Riverdale be able to accommodate magic, this, except that it didn't. This is applying it didn't. Because Cheryl did magic last season. Well, and well, they also seem to imply that Cheryl and uh Tabitha, their powers are unrelated to gaining it from the bomb. They just were pyrokinetic and chronokinetic. Riverdale, I am furious that your world has always had magic. Oh, remember the ma- remember the Sabrina problem I had? Now, so, Tabitha, sh- with her powers, so what she did was, I mean, I'm just going to say this. She Doctor Stranged. She, from... From mm-hmm. the first event, uh, uh, Endgame movie, yeah, Doctor Strange. Yeah, she she looked at Infinity all the possibilities. War, that's what it was. Yeah, yep. She looked at a, lo- a lot of the possibilities. She looked at one thousand one hundred eighty-four. Hey, that's much less than Doctor Strange did. So you know, it doesn't she, matter. She's not as good as him. <laughs> she's new. She's new. It's her first day. Um, and she's like, I, I every like, I, I did this. I looked through all these ones, and the only, only one in like I think she's a two. Mm-hmm. Um, but she says you, your power is very important. The powers are very important because your powers on the same continuum. I'm like, well, Betty's definitely got to be on the continuum somewhere. Yeah, because I know hers isn't mind reading, but it is intention reading. But Percival is very afraid of Jughead's power for some reason. For some reason, they're on the same continuum. Yeah. Mind reading, mind control, Ooh. both mind based. Now, the problem with Tabitha's dealing with here is that in every scenario, every scenario, Jughead dies. Ooh, and, a dead Jughead again. And Jughead's like, eh, I always die. <laughs> now, it's just that they beat him twice. Two of those ones, they did work it out. And Jughead's like, only two out of 1,000. She only looked at 1,000. Well, and also, then just do the things from that timeline. Yeah. You have someone who can control who, who time. knows what you need to do so just do exactly those things you figured it out the reason why it's foreboding when dr strange was like only one is because he didn't tell anyone exactly and then he got dissolved yes uh spoiler for that old movie <laughs> uh <laughs> old movie it's, <laughs> it's old. Been a few years now uh but just do those things. And what I was thinking, like, this actually is dramatic, but Tabitha shouldn't have told Jughead. She told someone else because then we can have a big Tabitha storyline of is Keeping it, it from Jughead. Yeah, like, do I tell – because at this point, she knows how to win. But she has to decide, is it worth winning if I lose Jughead? Exactly. even the apocalypse, I still have Jughead. So, hmm. maybe – that's a decision. Like, she can still go through it. I think it would be stronger if Jughead didn't know until later. But she would have to tell someone. I guess Betty. Betty. Her very good friend, Betty. Well, they used to roam the lonely highway together looking for truckers to beat up. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Betty. And you think this is the end. It's not the end. They've got to do one last dramatic thing. And they're going to do it in the most Riverdaleiest way possible. Uh, Betty, Betty peed on a stick. And they were, test. Not just a random stick. That they were waiting, good. and Arch- Archie wants this baby. Ooh, he's very excited. <laughs> he's very excited. <laughs> and and I, I want to point out, I would love to know what Betty thinks about this. Because but, we haven't gotten her opinion. But honestly, I think they're probably saving that for next episode. I because. Mean, actually, it, depends, it just depends on how it goes off. Because they look at the test. They're waiting. It's almost time. Credits. Yeah, cut to the next episode. Hey, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. This episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where logic had fog? (laughs) Got a little foggy out there. I did, and we actually talked about mine. It's the fact that Betty went off her birth control because she was in a well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I I needed to clarify with you as you being a woman, like, hey, this is a weird thing, right? I'm not wrong if this is a weird thing for someone to do. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Like, I don't know. I would have just used this as an opportunity to be like, well, yeah, but... It's not you know, 100%. It's not 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I also would have them not use condoms and just rely on the birth control and her be like, oh, these things happen sometimes. I've been yeah. really stressed. It means it doesn't work as well. Yeah, they could have done a lot of things. They were being like, well, I was in a well and I didn't take it for two weeks. 
And I guess trauma, and then I guess it's been about a year and a half and I just didn't do it. Which is fine if she was like, I decided I didn't want it. But then you have to do a whole lot of talking about, like, I decided that's for me to not do it anymore. And, and like, the trauma thing would be fair, except that they've taken, like, all of her trauma stuff away from her, (laughs) I feel like. It seems like now she's regained a lot of her stuff like, I mean she, she still hates TBK but she's hate him not like fear him yeah she literally led him on a merry-go-round True. and lost him around Maine <laughs> what a weird plot point I probably would have been like <laughs> I thought that was a reason to get Lily Reinhardt out of the show for a little bit because like something going well, and on I was wondering if she was like pregnant for real or something or you yeah. know but then she only missed nothing she missed nothing, nothing. she, she missed, came back, she to the came back the, at the end of the next episode but did you notice that she got a haircut between episodes well yeah because she had to hide but no, she got a haircut between last episode and this episode. Oh, she had to hide. <laughs> Naturally. Kevin, did you find a CW moment? Yeah, I did. And it's also a Betty thing. But when they were talking about, like, Percival made himself mayor, it cuts to Betty and she goes, like Hiram. Like, yeah. Yeah, thank you, show. <laughs> we don't need- we, we got it. it. We get it. We get it. He does things that are kind of... You've had other villains. Why does everything he do, they have to be like, oh, he's doing things like Hiram does. Because he does not do things like Hiram does. If this doesn't reveal he's an alternate universe version of Hiram, then why are you talking... Aaron, I'm not bringing up another weird thing at the end. No, this is not like the weird white supremacy thing. (laughs) What if Hiram comes back and he's also a mind controller? (laughs) Look... Stop talking about Hiram. We remember him. We remember Hiram. We know. We know what he did. I don't need the – whenever Percival does something bad, I don't need the characters to look at the camera and go, like Hiram, remember? Like a Hiram does. Because that makes me think he's going to be around for like three seasons and I don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So tell (sighs) us, audience, do you think Betty and Archie are going to have a baby? And if they do – are they going to name it Barty? <laughs> We're over at Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA. Instagram. You don't have to do that. You don't have to, your baby should not be named if the, the two things do your names. We're at Instagram, Twitter, and gmail.com, Podcast MOA. Please give us your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions. Where else are you getting great conspiracy theories like this? We're the best Riverdale podcast, so please do that for us at Apple Podcasts or your podcaster of choice. Uh, you can also check out my books. They're available at KevinWeirdBooks.com. I'm going to be uh, doing a bunch of appearances, mostly in Alberta. So if you're in Alberta, good for you. If not, maybe I'll go other places eventually. got to show this interest there. Uh, but the, My books are available at KevinWeirdBooks.com. Check them out. And I'm over at flimsyplan.com. And we will see you next week. Is Betty pregnant? Who will get custody of baby Anthony? Will Moose return? For answers to all this and more, join us next week on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? 